Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening again to another episode of the Music Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Williams, and this is my co-host, Sam Heisel. And today we have on the podcast, Harrison Corwin. I fortunately was able to work with Harrison when I interned at Mass Appeal. Harrison is the, the head of digital video and strategy at Mass Appeal. I think I met him about four years ago. Since then, he's just been grinding, uh, directing, producing, all of the above. And he, you know, he facilitates a lot of interviews himself. So as you'll see, in the next 45 minutes to an hour, things are pretty cool between us three. It's a good chemistry, and we can learn a lot from what he has to offer. For sure. No, I think it was a, a definitely a pleasure and an honor to have Harrison on the show. Uh, I think Mass Appeal's YouTube channel and a lot of the digital video and content they're creating is second to none. You look at the Rhythm Roulette series, it's just the, the concept itself. I don't know if you guys have heard it or not, but they'll essentially blindfold a producer, make them go into a record store, pick three records randomly, and then they have to find samples and produce a, a song out of the three records that they randomly picked. Um, they've gotten some super talented multi-platinum producers on that show, and the it's just a really fun journey to go behind the scenes and see how these producers approach creating different songs, even if it's not necessarily something they would have chosen had they gone out to find a specific record. So they get really creative around the content that they create on the Mass Appeal YouTube channel. Uh, more recently, they started this open space series where they started interviewing and doing a lot more content around emerging different rappers. So I think when it comes to media companies that are creating cool content in the kind of the hip hop, especially the emerging hip hop space, I think this is literally one of the best to do it. So between their growth and their strategy, I think it's super applicable to artists, managers, labels, whatever you may be. If you're trying to uh, have a, a strong digital strategy and and create cool content that's going to help you guys grow your audience, uh, then Harrison's one of your guys to be listening to for sure. So with that said, without any further ado, let's jump into it. Harrison, what's good, bro? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, super <laughs> excited to have you here today, man. Um, you're definitely involved in a lot of interesting stuff. With that said, could you just give us a little bit of a rundown? I think, um, how did you get started at Mass Appeal? What are you focused on right now? Um, so I started as an intern at Mass Appeal. Sorry, yeah. I started as an intern at Mass Appeal um, five years ago, actually, which is crazy. Um, so you were an intern the year before I was an intern. Yeah, I started 2012, 2013. Yeah, I was an intern in 2014. That's crazy. Yeah, and um, started as an intern, summer internship, and one thing led to another. I became friends with Sasha, mm -hmm. who, Sasha Jenkins, who people might know as the founder of Ego Trip, um, co-founder Ego Trip. And then he also did the White Rapper show. He did a bunch of shit. Director, now he directs films. He directed Fresh Dress. He directed uh, Burn Motherfucker Burn on the so-called LA Riots for Showtime. He's done a ton of shit. Um, I can curse, right? Yeah, all right. for sure. Encouraged. All right, all right. Um, so I became friends with him and he took a liking to me for some reason. I was doing all his, the horrible work he was giving me, but it was cool work. It was like transcribing, it was like the worst. Like, but I did it with kind of glee and like happiness because mm -hmm. I just saw it like as an opportunity to get in and do stuff. And just like, I was just, I needed something to do. And right. so I did it over a year and I always tease him. Like he told me he was going to get me some money for it. And 
I did it even during senior year of college. I, I was like, I was, I, I worked, I went to school at Davidson, uh, where Steph Curry went and that's in North Carolina. So I spent a whole year working for Sasha in North Carolina. And like I, remotely? Remotely just doing transcribing, like the worst type of stuff. And, <laughs> um, one thing led to another and he said he had a film. The next I graduated, I told him, yo man, I'm done. I met with him. I had a good conversation and he was like, Yo, he called me out of the blue, like in June, I had no job, no anything after graduating. He was like, yo, I need, I, would you be down to work for me? The pay is nothing, but you know, it's, it, it was a little something. It's not absolutely nothing, but you know, it'll be an opportunity and it'll be fun. So I just remember researching and doing a ton of work. And then I, you know, got in with him and he was cool with me and he liked what I was doing. And I started working on this show, uh, the documentary Fresh Dress. And I was just a production coordinator, production manager, PA. I literally did anything you could imagine just to be on set. And I met a bunch of people there for, you know, Pharrell was in that film. ASAP Rocky was in that film. Puffy was in that film. I met all these dudes when I was like a PA production manager. Right. And, um, that shit was so crazy to me. And it was like a dream come true because I always wanted to work in hip hop. Like since I was a little kid, I always thought this was an opportunity, like a place where I could, it's what I wanted to do. Like I was in love with the music. So I got to meet all these heroes of mine and I was like, damn, this is, I was so hyped. <laughs> I was like, but I was like getting them coffee and shit. I, you know, <laughs> like I was doing anything that cool. And then one thing led to another. I started doing a lot of, you know, the film came out, did really well, went to Sundance. I proved myself to the office. I just, I started taking photographs because I had already always been able to shoot and I was always interested, but I had never really tried. I started doing it and started taking photographs of the people we were meeting. Um, and that kind of developed into a little thing. I'm like, I still love to take photographs, still a photographer. And I, Sasha always told me right when we, when we started, he was like, yo, you get good at one thing and people trust you to do the next thing. And that's a piece of advice that I always kept in the back of my mind still do because it's, it's really a great piece of advice. You you get good at one thing, people trust that you can do the next thing. So, right, because it's just about being on your feet and handling tasks. Yeah, it's like just know, doing learning. it. Just yeah, doing exactly. it. And it's proving to them that like, oh, I like they'll take a risk on you. People will take a risk on you if they see that you're good at one thing, you mastered one thing. I'm not a master of photography, a master coordinator. Or anything, right, but totally. I, but I definitely put my best effort forward and... um one thing led to another and I started doing production, um, production, commercial production for, for Mass Appeal because that's what they were into at the time. They still are. And it was it was really fun. It was like crazy. And I was working on like Snickers commercials and Nike commercials producing it. I I studied history in college. I didn't go to <laughs> film. I knew nothing about all my, I always felt jealous. I still do of like people who went to school for film because they have such a leg up. Yeah. But you can also just learn so much. Like I, I think I, that's, what I took away from the whole experience is like, I literally learned so much just doing it. Right. And right. Um, that is something that is like invaluable to me. So I guess, you know, the long story short is, you know, you just gotta, you gotta hustle. I mean, I kind of forgot the question at this point, but, um, and no, it's always I, the answer. What do I do? Yeah, Regardless man. of the question, you just gotta hustle. You just gotta hustle. Uh, what is, what? we were talking about is how'd you get, how'd you get into the, how'd you get into Oh, the, so then, know, all right. So that's so, how I got in. And then, so you only, you only went off, you only went off at the very end there. Yeah. <laughs> up until like, you up still stayed on. Like, yeah, exactly. it's still relevant. I still, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so what else? All right. And then after that, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Still so recording? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, That's the first. <laughs> so we were, you know, working in mass appeal, doing all these different things. And mass appeal started growing and growing. And I started producing other things and post-producing and doing commercial stuff. And I did, I wasn't really a fan of the commercial stuff, but it really helped me learn how to deal with clients. And, you know, I didn't have that much confidence, honestly. So just built my confidence up. And um, I ended up leaving for like a month or two and came back freelance for a while and then came back and worked just for Mass Appeal doing um, digital video content and, and helping with Sasha, uh, his his stuff that he needed help with, with the film and television. And um, one thing led to another. And, you know, two or three years later, I'm like helping run the division now, the digital media division. I'm, you know, the head director of digital video there. And uh, it's been a blessing, man. I, I have like a million connections in the music game that I never yeah, thought so I'd so. have. And all that is, is just being in a place. I always tell people like, I'm just the face that people recognize now. I've been there for so long. They think of mass appeal. They might not even know my name half these mm -hmm. people, but they see my face. And after a while, I start to we start to actually connect. They actually remember me. I remember I met Coach K like three years ago, right? Right before Lil Yachty really blew up at South By. I met right. him and he was like, yo, your network is your net worth. That's what he said to me. I was like, that is some smart ass shit. I remember we had a whole <laughs> conversation about this. And then I saw him like three years later and he's like, yo, I remember you. And it's like, now he's like a, you know, one of the okay, biggest yeah, guys yeah, yeah, on, yeah. in Time Magazine and shit. It's crazy. But the point is, is that like these, these relationships you don't even know are going to matter, matter. I'll give you another example. Maxo Cream, right? Mm -hmm. Amazing Houston rapper. I had met him at South by like three years ago, same year I met Lil Yachty. And, um, I don't know why, but something told me, like, they asked me, like, yo, can you get me and my five friends into, into the Mass Appeal show live at the barbecue? And I was like, something in the back of my head is like, yeah, do that, do that. They're cool. Just do it. I got them VIP passes. It was like sold out to capacity. Like it was the craziest show and it was impossible to get all five of these dudes in. Somehow I hustled these guys in. Three years later, I'm shooting it. I'm in Houston in SWAT shooting a documentary with Max O'Cream, right? All, needless to say, all that point of that story is, is that like you literally, Maxo was not where Maxo is now. He, right. he, you never know where these dudes are. Something gave me a gut feeling. And it's really an incredible thing to see both of our careers and his career, you know, he's taken off. He's a real rapper. He's a real star, but it's see both of our careers progress and like doing bigger and better shit. So right. you just never know. You literally never know who, who's going to become the next guy, like, you, or right. never know who you know, it's going to go on this journey with you, you know? Yeah, man. I, def I definitely t also think it's a lot of it is just people who are willing to connect with other people. You know what I mean? Like, I think what keeps people going in terms of expanding their network, at least for myself, it's not just like, you know, I don't know where you'll go. It's that I have like a genuine interest in what other people are doing in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes some of those people drop out of the music industry. They weren't working anymore. And then mm -hmm. we're just homies now. And then other times it's like, oh, damn, they work at this company. Like, maybe we can actually do something together. And then we actually work together. So a lot of it, I think, just derives from just being a person just who's okay with connecting with uh, connecting with people. You know what I mean? So totally. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you, I mean, what's kind of the day to day right now? What are you really focused on? So day to day right now, we just working on getting mass appeal even bigger, obviously mm -hmm. in the digital world, you know, um, we have, I grew, I helped once I took over the digital media video, the digital video side of things, I went from, we went from like a hundred thousand, um, subscribers on YouTube to like closing in on 575,000 in two years. That's awesome. Some crazy shit. And yeah. obviously <laughs> that is like, 
not just me, but it is a lot large. I've been there for the whole time and I've right. been running the whole thing. So, you know, it's obviously a lot to do with the music videos, a lot of it. But, you know, it's really cool to see your growth in numbers. Now, are we where we want to be? Absolutely not. We got to make better content. But my day to day is like finding new talent, shooting stuff. Um, I don't do all this. I don't do any of the shooting, but, you know, directing people, producing mm-hmm. people, um, you know, just running the department, helping run the department, running the media division, um, digital, digital media division. And uh, how many people point. are in a division right now? Uh, 15. 15? 15 to 18. Just in wow. the, 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 the digital video side of things. That's crazy. That's more people than we're at Mass Appeal like total yeah, when I, I was there. There's like, <laughs> there's like 60, 60, 70 people full time. Wow, now. that's crazy. And then there's... That's huge. Yeah, that is um, huge. How many? There's like 25 freelancers that just come in and out. Crazy yeah, on, shit. On top of the 70 people. Yeah, on top. So we got yeah. two floors now, which is dope. Yeah. And um, we obviously are still not at the, at the level we need to be. And we're always trying to grow and get be- bigger and better. But like Mass Appeal is like a hub for people. Like I've met so many people. And like if I didn't work there, I just would never have met. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like I didn't have, like a lot of people I've noticed in New York have like, this thing where they just know everyone in the music industry somehow. Like, I don't know where well, this it's not, where it came it's not, from. It's not that big. It's think, not that big, you know but I mean? it's like, there's this thing where it's like, you knew all the creatives, you knew all the cool kids. Oh, like you yeah. grow up with a certain thing. I grew up in New York. I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Like straight up, I just didn't know anyone in this industry. Like all my friends that I grew up with, they did different things. They were not into music the same way I was, or they, you know, went into the fucking, you know, I don't have any friends I grew up with that do the same thing I did. Right, you know, so um, it's a ble- it's a curse and a blessing, but it just you know, if I wasn't for Masbu, I hadn't put myself in that situation. Like I don't think I would have known nearly as many people as I do, and like that networking is like the most invaluable shit in the entire world. Right. So yeah, definitely, definitely, that's awesome. So I think you guys definitely have some like super compelling video series, rhythm roulette. Um, open open space and you just launched the new one today or like within the past couple of days you showed the tweets is watching yeah that was <laughs> some funny shit we do with Valet yeah it was fun we're gonna, we're gonna do that we're gonna do that more often I, all those video series what we figure we find is like YouTube like they're obviously video series that work right mm-hmm. like we know Rhythm Roulette will do well for sure but it's you know it's interesting because like YouTube's algorithm always changes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, on some level, I don't know. I don't really know what the future is going to hold for Matt, for Mass Appeal's video, digital video. We want to scale so much higher and so much bigger right. and do such premium content. And I think our content stands, stands. you know, we, we're in we're in the competition. We're in the, the race, like for sure. Like right. I would say like it's between us, Genius, Complex, and the other brands that have more hype and do what they do amazing things too like I look at Lyrical Lemonade I look at No Jumper obviously a huge influence yeah. on what I've done at Massville and I salute those guys even Academics does crazy numbers and I, I you know salute to him like it's or even like Say Cheese man I was just with Sean Cotton today from Say Cheese Media and it's like it's crazy these little this dude runs this whole company out of his he shoots and does everything he has like a ridiculous reach, you know what I mean? 400,000 uh, followers on Instagram, like, you know, 200,000 on YouTube and it's just all to him. He has nobody he's working with. Yeah. And I guess the point is, is like, you really can do this shit. Like I was just with Cole, like 
it's it's like four or five people in that office. Right. That's it. They have a great office. It's awesome, man. But it's like they're doing great four and a half million YouTube subscribers. Crazy. Right. right. Like crazy. <laughs> like four people. So each one is accounting for a million each. Yeah. You know I mean? like, like, and like to me, that's where the future is. Like for YouTube, it's like creators. Like that's where I, I almost struggle to see where like complex and mass appeal and and genius and all these brands are gonna. How are they gonna stand the test of time? Because wow. the way YouTube creators are, YouTube is is it's geared towards creators. It's geared towards people. No jumper is a is a brand, but it's really Adam. Like you feel like you're talking to Adam. Yeah. So right. I think that's what. YouTube is all about right now. And um, that's where it's headed. And I think that, you know, until Matt, until all these brands find like talent that represents the brand, like it's going to be hard for them to do the same numbers as. Right. At least. Or just build the same hype, build the same connection. Cause I think the algorithm pushes these guys. For sure. Right. And I think that, so there's like one segment of our show that's kind of like hot takes or just different things. Sometimes we stand by them. Other times it's just interesting perspectives that uh, can probe good discussion. So here, I mean, this leads right into that. Like influencers now have the ability to correct, uh, connect directly with their audience. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that making media companies become irrelevant? Yes and no, because I think, like I said, I think the influencers have a huge platform, but I, th- I think it's a misnomer. I guess I want to clear one thing up is that it's a misnomer to think that these influencers don't have connections to the industry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. don't have huge, huge, right. hugely important like relationships that totally. push right. them and continue to push them. And that doesn't mean that they're not influencers, right. but it definitely means that they're help, they're you know, they're part of the gang. They're part, mm-hmm. of, they're yeah. part of the industry. I think there's this weird thing now that hip hop does, especially <laughs> where it's like, you want to be independent, but it's like, you're not really fucking independent. Yeah. yeah. And like, that is a lie that people tell the rest of the industry. Well, when they're they independent the the and industry, they're not. They, but it's not even the industry. They tell the public, not even the industry. They tell the public that they're independent because it's like a marketing thing. And it comes, it's true with, it's true with all these influencers too on some level. It doesn't mean that they're not, going back to what I just said, it also doesn't mean that they aren't hugely influential. It doesn't take anything away from them as influencers or as gatekeepers, but soon enough, the gatekeepers will change when the media shifts, when the, when the, when YouTube isn't isn't popping, because YouTube is only, is going to have a life. It's not like it's going to be inevitable that Mm -hmm. YouTube is, always going to be the platform where everybody gets all their information gets all the power like everything changes so when the next platform shifts like there'll be a new crop of people who take advantage of it and become those guys for sure so i uh i think it's gonna those guys will everybody i just mentioned i think are doing is doing an incredible job at what they're doing and like they own that landscape for sure and i think that they're going they're very savvy and very aware of that the landscape is constantly shifting totally so if I were to say, like, I don't really know if that's a hot take. I just think that's something that, like, I see this shit shifting. Right. And I, I can see it underneath me. And it's like, I want to be very cognizant of the fact that, like, things change very rapidly and very quickly. And if you're not if you're not there and aware of it, it's you're going to be blindsided. For sure. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. But that's how I see it. You know? No, I mean, it's sort of like how in hip-hop, you know, there's a bunch of people that I think 
don't like new music or like SoundCloud rappers and they think that nobody has talent. But then you have these people like Drake and Kanye West who are kind of embracing every movement as it comes along. And that's why they're still here. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the same thing with with, I think, influencers and media. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like these people are here to stay, even though they're posting pictures of themselves in the bathroom and and a selfie is getting more likes than that than that high super quality video that you put out. Like they're here and they're here to stay. So like it's just about embracing them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I think. I don't know about you saying, but I just think it's like anybody who doesn't embrace these SoundCloud artists is just is fooling themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just you're behind. You're behind times. Like you might not like the music. Everybody's entitled to their opinion on the music. I don't really care about that. I don't even like all the music, but everybody wants to be a rapper right now. That's the great thing <laughs> and the bad yeah. thing. Yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. can be a rapper right, right. now. It's a gold rush. And this everything changes. Like I guarantee you, at the top of rock, like like rock music, like in the seventies, eighties, no one thought was ever gonna be like. No one ever thought was gonna lose. Like they never thought they were gonna lose. Mm-hmm. Everything changes if you're not aware of it. Like if you're not open to the change, you're just gonna be caught being totally. the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that like we always. It within Vayner focused on this notion of like underpriced attention going where attention will be. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing applies with artists. Like I remember there was an interview with like Gucci and he was talking about, uh, I think it, like Funkmaster Flash asked him if he fucks with like Lil Yachty and all this like next generation. This was obviously earlier on in like Yachty's come up and he's like, I don't necessarily always like the music, but I'll damn sure partner up with them because right. that's what's going to help me like how we would frame it, like attention hacking, right? You Mm -hmm. know, attention is here. How can you find creative ways to partner up with people? I think you saw Drake. I mean, this wasn't with another artist, but he saw a lot of momentum on Twitch, right? So what does he do? He goes on Twitch attention hacks by playing with Ninja, the biggest influencer on the platform, right? (laughs) So it's the same, like, and then as a result, not only did he get tons of press, but he got all this exposure into this new world, right? So it's the same thing with big artists tapping into SoundCloud rappers. It's the same thing with... Who knows what's going to be this next wave, right? Like we know the SoundCloud rap wave is hot right now. We know hip hop as a whole is on top right now. Um, I mean, genres, generally speaking, seem to be kind of like the lines are getting blurry. So we'll see Mm -hmm. what kind of wave is next. But I think generally speaking, just always trying to understand where like the puck is going attention wise and being strategic as to how you partner with where the attention is. Right, exactly. I think it's like, yeah, I think that's that's spot on. Definitely spot on, man. I, I don't know, man. This... Hip hop just came out of like people expressing themselves, and then it became this hugely important, hugely influential genre. <laughs> yeah. But it, the thing yeah. is, I think hip the genre, like you said, I think that shit is dying too. I think it's like people are because like nothing, like like a lot. Like right, I hate to use him as an example because people was he's so divisive. But all right, Takashi, right? Oh yeah. no! Oh no! no go ahead, go ahead. No, six, <laughs> stop recording! Stop recording! Or six nine or X X or any of these artists, they don't even make music none of their music sounds the same right. i mean it sounds like everybody to that to the untrained ear to the soundcloud hater it sounds all the fucking same but it, yeah. it isn't the same and like people are becoming more and more uh, i don't even want to say more and more a fan of but like they just follow they're more i think the trend is going to move to like you follow an artist literally like you follow them on instagram and it you're just a fan of their music or the, whatever way they express themselves like, yeah it's like they're the genre game is like gonna start trickling away. For sure. I, I think that is like really exciting development, honestly. Right. So who do you think 
which artists stick out to you for like, yo, this person's social content or yo, this person's video content is like dope? Like who do you, who do you think? Have, well, it's like, it's, it's hard to say, right? Cause uh-huh. like, it's hard to say because it's all about, <laughs> it's all about attention a lot right, of the time. Right. So it's like, all right, the content itself is, might be not my favorite, but it's like, I, I see like how people, I don't think I have one person. Like I, I see like, for instance, like, and everybody's different. That's the other thing. It's like Vince Staples makes amazing music videos, has amazing ideas for content. Right. But I, and I love that shit too, but I don't think that it's like, it has any less value than like Takashi's amazing social Instagram mm-hmm. plan or mm-hmm. any less value than, you know, Playboy Cardi's like, you know what I mean? Like the way like Aug does like, it, basically Aug is like a fashion house, like how they just do drops, seasonal drops. Yeah. Like it's just like, it has no less value. It's just different. It's like, everything is cool to me. Like I don't have, you know, I don't, everybody does their own thing. And I think there's not one person who I'm like, wow, th- this guy is just, killing everyone like there's no one like that to me everyone is doing their own thing and that's what makes that's what makes this i think technological shift like so that everyone has and like a a camera and all that shit like i think that's what makes everything that's like the the product of that like that's why it's so cool to me because it's like the technology the ease and use of technology has allowed for anybody to make really compelling content. And I don't think that's ever going to, sh- that's going to shift. We're not going backwards. Right. So it's going to get easier and it's easier. It's going to get easier and easier. And it's, but it's, it's still so fucking hard to stand out. Yeah. But that's sure. the thing that I think people don't understand. It's like, it doesn't matter how, like everybody, it, it's so hard to stand out. And I think that's going to be like a continued thing where it's like, you're going to have to, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle to stand out until you find your own voice and, and express yourself the way. Right. Do you guys, I mean, when it comes to creating content series, are you just testing around different things or when it comes to like trying to stand out, you're just like coming up with ideas, throwing stuff against the wall. Obviously there's some tact in doing so, but how do you evaluate new uh, like content ideas and opportunities? We, um, a lot of it's like, you know, there's no science behind it necessarily. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is, is what we think would be cool. But then we also kind of see like what the algorithm game is and right. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you, at least. And and then there's there's also like who, what talent are, is available to you? And and mm-hmm. attention hacking is a real is a real thing for mass appeal too. And I think genius too, or you know, genius is paying attention like to all these dudes who are doing crazy numbers, but right. maybe the mainstream media isn't fucking with them for sure. Right. And like that is the other thing that I think is really cool. Like you were talking about attention hacking, but like the artists artists can now change, can shift whole. Artists that you've never heard of, you might never hear of somebody. Like, I I never heard of NF, right? Yeah, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's like some kind of like Michigan rapper, I think. I don't know, a white guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yo, he was doing crazy numbers. Yeah, he is. He is. And I was actually in the same conversation with somebody else. It doesn't even matter because it's (laughs) effects, because it doesn't matter what I think anymore. It just matters that if you can build an audience and like, it's crazy because like you might not you might think you know everything about rap music and there's a guy getting millions of streams, millions of hits, millions of hits on videos that you'll never you don't even know because it's not on the mainstream media. Right. That's so funny. Earlier today, I had this playlist um, that's a really it's, it's like a a mixture of six different playlists that I follow that update music semi regularly with with new acts. And somebody came up 
And I was like, this song is kind of cool. Like, I wonder who this person is. And I looked and he had like 1.5 million Spotify listeners a month. And I just turned to my coworkers. I was like, y'all know who this is? <laughs> they were like, no. <laughs> so this person, I guess, is super popping. And he's like a Jamaican artist or something like that. And I've never heard one of his songs. And like these, he's, he has millions of people listening to his music every every month. So, so but I guess what I'm saying is like, I think all the media companies are focused on that. If yeah. they see that you are doing crazy numbers on any platform, they mm-hmm. know. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a thousand Twitter followers, but you have ten million listen, ten million followers on fucking Spotify. They know, like, people will watch this shit. Mm-hmm. Right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I think that's that's what the attention hacking is like. The name of the game in the in the digital media space right now. Like, I think that's ex- extremely mm-hmm. well put. Shout right. out to Gary Vee for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, yeah. for sure. <laughs> like, um. With that said, I think taking a leap from just media companies to record labels, I feel like Mass Appeal is at an interesting place where it's a media company and a record la- mm. re- label. I think um, media companies are in this opportune position in the sense that they have a lot of the attention, they create the attention. Um, so you're starting to see a lot, uh, like a handful of different media companies start to actually release records, like No Jumper released a single. Mm. Um Probably just a matter of time between lyrical before well, they, lyrical lemonade. Lyrical lemonade, I think uh, they manage like multiple artists, I mean, right? So there's definitely like the the aligned interests there. Um, Def Jam poached Complex chief content officer Noah. Um, like, do you see building up owned media properties and, and channels becoming like the future of how record labels operate in today's age? Yeah, I think they already do. That. They do do that right now, and they might not tell you. Mm. They, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't not. Just I, I think like like we said like like we already talked about like these influencers are hugely important in breaking artists now, mm-hmm. and I think there is some a lot of the times there are relationships that yeah. that these guys have, but at the same time, I think major labels are mad confused right now, like, and they have. <laughs> but the other thing is they have their own way of pushing artists, and they're they're like. They still like you'll you know they're still great at it you know right and you just have to touch like the other thing is you really have to physically touch these fans like you really have to build your own you know you have to attention get grab people's attention you have to like go out and still do shows all the time like mm-hmm. everywhere in this country like there's nowhere there's Iowa there are art people waiting to hear rappers like that, <laughs> you think it's crazy even if you if you get two hundred if you go to a city and get two hundred for people from Iowa to listen, come to your concert or 150 people, those are going to be 150 people that will always rep for you. Right. Forever. Forever. And it's like, if you have 150 people in Iowa, like, that's almost more important than having like a thousand people in New York. Yeah. Right? Because they'll actually care and buy right. your merch. Totally. And, and, and tell your their friends about you. So it's like, sure. Brian actually to told me that. Who did? Brian Johnson did when oh, I was yeah. at Mass Peel. He said something very similar to me. Shout out to Brian Johnson, yeah. man. That guy's a beast. Love that dude. Yeah. Speaking of which, like, who are some other people that you look up to in the music industry? Like, I know you mentioned you met Coach K and. Oh, Coach K for sure. Uh, Steve Stout. Yeah. Um, what are the qualities you admire in these guys? Just their hustle and like they've always been connected to amazing artists. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Stout worked with Nas when Nas was like you know really young. Like yeah. you know um, Coach K, he worked with Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy before they were right. who they are today. Yeah, like, you know, um, and then they stuck with it and still made like 
incredible movies. Like I would love to work with QC. Like I would do. Mm-hmm. I would love to work with QC. <laughs> I'd love to work for your translation. Like I'd love to work. You know, these companies are amazing companies that th- these dudes built. And I just like people who have seen like see opportunities and see white spaces in the in the industry and just go for it and, and fill it in. Right. You know what I mean? And, right. Um, for sure. Like uh, who else do I look up to? Like. And I love like artists who are independent and have always remained themselves. Like I always yeah. look up to that because I know that I, that is so hard. Like, like I look up to currency, man. Like I love that artist. I've always loved <laughs> Jet Life. Jet Life. Like, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Like I met met them and met Musa, and I was like, man, you guys are so fucking cool. Like, and like they just operate out of New Orleans. They do their thing and they make a lot of money doing it. It's mm-hmm. like oh it's really a. To me, that is like, that's really admirable. Like I, I look at like Tech Nine. When I met Tech Nine, I was like, man, this is like, you're an incredible dude. Like he was like a role model, just seeing how he operated and how he, he put his logo on everything. And right. like they sold everything, you know? <laughs> and like, it's genius, man. It's not, it's not easy to do that. It's really not. Like you can put your logo and do all this stuff, but you can't sell it. Right. You know, like you have to build a cult of personality and people have to love you to buy your stuff. But Totally. You know, I look up to those guys. I look up to, um, like Pablo Picasso. Like he's dope too. You know, what I, mean? I look <laughs> up to sure. like Toni Morrison. She's she's a great writer. Yeah. You sure. know, like I look up to everybody. Like I, I think there's something you can learn from every single person. For sure, I think it's super valuable to have like diverse uh, inspirations. I think it yeah. brings and grounds your perspective. Yeah. I mean, I look up to like Adam too, and like. Um, Cole, like I think yeah. those guys are so cool because of how they built it. They saw opportunity and they went for it, and mm-hmm. now they are super established. And they built hype. Building hype around your product is something that's so invaluable and so like it's so like difficult to figure out how to do it. Yeah, you know what I let's mean. Di- let's dive deeper here. Like I, I mean, if you had to define hype, like how would you define hype? People buying your shit and being excited to buy your shit. Right, right, right. And like making memes independently about Astro World, like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like I was, like, oh, yeah, I was yeah. like on Instagram and I've seen like, all right, obviously let's give some context because this will come out probably after Astro World drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Astro World's dropping tomorrow. I've seen memes all week. Yeah, all month. It's crazy. When will Travis Scott drop his shit? Blah blah blah, blah. and it's like, man, that is hype. That's yeah, real hype. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. he hasn't dropped anything in two years, and people are fiending for his shit. Right, and he just announced music. it, you know, a few just, days ago. Yeah, but like they make memes. It's like it's like for the sure. whole. That is what hype is. Is like if you are able to get people around the world to to really cover your stuff that and like excited because everybody's product is not the same. You know, but the way you market it, you know, you know, it's the most important part because everybody's product can be great, especially nowadays. Like music is not that hard to master and mix and make. You could do it all from your your bedroom. But can you can you really hype it up? Can you really get people to buy that shit for it? Right. I don't know. It's not that easy. You know, major labels are having trouble and they have teams of people trying to work right around the clock to get this shit right. So. If you can figure that out, like I look at Lil Pump, like think about Lil Pump, man. He, he used to just shoot guns off <laughs> in the middle of his, like in the middle of Florida, like by himself. He was like a young, crazy 16 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he built hype around that idea. Right, right. And like people were like, whoa, this dude's crazy. Yeah, he's a And I gotta check his music out. <laughs> I gotta check each shoot I gotta check guns. his music out. Yo, <laughs> this guy makes music? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and that's yeah, hype. Funny. Like that's, that's what hype is to me. Like, yeah. People wanting to check your shit out and like, 
Because everybody can be like, yo, we're going to drop this interview in two weeks. Who's excited? And there could be crickets. But right. If, if Adam puts up, like, who's ready for this interview? Him and whoever. Yeah. Dude, oh, my God. People are going to lose their shit. For sure. You know? And, like, if you can... And it's everybody's product is kind of the same. But if you can build your leverage and build, you know, your 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 identity and your brand up to that point, I think that's really commendable and really, really... For sure. Dope. It's huge. Yeah. I don't know if that. How much, how much of that do you think from the artist perspective is like strategic versus just like self-expression? I think it's really strategic. Yeah. But it is also self-expression. Yeah, I've been around these yeah, dudes enough to know that it's like not always that well thought out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it sometimes works. Sometimes you just go with your gut. I mean, right. 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 You know. No, if you awesome. see something's working for you, the smart smart dudes just keep going, riding with it. For sure. Right. I just think about it too. It's crazy. It's Instagram. Like I was watching today and they're just accounts that just repost whatever you post on your story. So it's like Lil Xan listens to old throwbacks and it's like Lil Xan yeah. listening to just old music. It's like, <laughs> who cares? But yeah. people care. Like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Who cares? But like someone cares. And like, yeah. That's just it's so crazy to me. That's what like it's, it's strategic, but it's like he was just listening to music and got someone to put it on social media. You yeah, know, for like, sure. I think people like in crazy. general are just like interested in what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah. I could name a couple of people that I follow right now. Every time I look at their stuff, it's like, yo, this shit is dumb. But I look at their story like every day. No, <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. that's why like. Our like Vayner Talent, we document people's lives and create yeah. a ton of social optimized content around it. Right? It's like having to spend all this time trying to produce this golden content. Like, don't get me wrong. There's still a place for that. But generally speaking, like you could just document people's lives. People crave that behind the scenes, right? Like, um, access. So just being able to put the structure in place to, to give that to your fans and your growing fan base is, is huge. Um, for sure. One interesting thing too, when you were talking about the Astroworld artwork and, and how people are making memes with the heads, I think it like, to the extent that you could construct those sort of things. Like I look back to like more life, the album with Drake, where he was like sitting on the structure and then everybody, excuse me, excuse me, from views. Excuse you. Yeah, you wrong. You don't even know Drake, bro. That was a classic, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, but just getting really strategic around seeding those sorts of viral viral things, right? Even with the In My Feelings um, kind of movement and all those dance things, like that was really just the domino effect of a lot of like big influencers early on who, per yeah. your point, Harrison, are very likely well-connected in the industry and I wouldn't be surprised if getting paid to help with that sort of role. Well, think about it, right? Like Drake, to me, is like the OG of this shit. Yeah. He did this shit with Hotline Bling before it was really a thing. Yeah. yeah. He's like the smartest dude about it. Like he had... Like he made, they made, I don't know you know if it was the industry or the internet, somebody pulled it up, but it's like, they made memes about that video where he was like playing tennis and like doing <laughs> stuff, like they added shit. But like, that was like the what, what built the hype for the record. Right. And like, for sure. he is a Drake man. I would love to work for Drake, man. Like, yeah. I would love to work with him because like he sees trends and like this in my feelings thing is like. I mean, it's great, but it's, I can't believe what really blows my mind is no one sees that it's like a formula. Like yeah, the vast majority right. of people don't see that it's a formula. And I guess maybe I'm, shouldn't be telling people that it's a formula, but it's a, it's a fact. The real it ones is. know, yeah. And like, 
it's it's it doesn't mean that it's any less successful. Right. You know what I mean? Because people are still entertained by it. You know what I mean? People yeah. still I know it was a formula, but I learned that in my feelings dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I knew what Drake was doing. That's what I'm but saying. I learned that too. Yeah. Just because just because you see what they're doing, like that's the, almost like my my curse sometimes is that like I see what people are doing and I know that it, there's a strategy behind it. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing that there's no, everybody right. should have a strategy. For sure. It would be stupid if they didn't have a strategy. Mm-hmm. So to that point, like, yeah, you might know it, but I definitely still know that dance. Like, yeah. you know I, mean? like I <laughs> definitely still remember the Hotline Bling stuff. And I hadn't even thought of that in that song in like years, like, yeah. to be honest. But I still remember those ridiculous memes with the, you know, in the music video that they just popped up on the Internet. And right. I think that's a lot more strategy by major, like now people are, major labels are like coming to it. Like they're figuring it out. Like they're like, yo, we got to get, we got to get something. You know what I mean? Like they're figuring it out. Like we got to get a meme behind it. So it goes viral. Right. Like, right. and it can only go viral if it truly connects with people. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, like I look at my boy, my man, um, Corday, right? YBN Corday. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys know. Yeah, I yeah, met sure. him at South by this year. Similar story to what I said about the Maxo thing, right? Yeah. I met this kid with Namir. Namir came in. I was like, oh, all right. Like we were interviewing Namir. We're taking, it was, took forever for some reason, not because of Namir, because of us. And they were just chilling. And I was talking to this kid. I'm like, yo, this dude is so smart. He keeps telling me about, you know, residual income. And we're having this crazy conversation about what books to, we should read. I'm like, <laughs> why? And I didn't know he made music at all. I didn't yeah. know he made any music. He didn't tell yeah. me. He didn't say, yo, I rap, by the way. He didn't, yeah. wasn't, he was just having a connection. Right. Needless to say, I see this dude yeah. at Wallstar <laughs> yeah, yeah. like yeah. a month and a half later. <laughs> and he goes, a million and a half views on this J. Cole shit. Right. Yeah. And he comes we just with it really, really smartly. Responded to the J. Cole 1985 thing, saw the saw that there was a white space in the industry for young cats who could rap and were intelligent. This mm-hmm. dude is Corday is a very smart person. And um I just think we still follow each other on Instagram. We still hit each other up every once in a while. But it's just so crazy to me that like these little things that you don't even know, these things just pop up and become this much bigger thing. So you gotta really be aware of who you're talking to and what you're and how you present yourself and who who you're around because you never know right. when this shit will come back to, to you know, be either a blessing or, or something that haunts you. you know? Right, right. You know? I don't know what we were talking about, but I just I uh, randomly I mean, came up because uh, now yeah. the reason I thought of Corday was because he has his Kung Fu dance thing, mm-hmm. this Kung Fu uh, meme thing. And I don't think he did this with like a, I don't think he did it with like a strategy behind it. I think, I mean, obviously he's reposting everything, but it wasn't like, you know, people are doing it because they want to do it. It's not because he was like, yo, do the Kung Fu challenge and I'll right. repost you. It's like they just started doing it and right. he started reposting it. And right. it builds this momentum for your your record and mo- momentum for your fan base. And, you know, so that's that's incredible to me. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, with like Father Stretch My Hands part two, I like saw firsthand how that, how that uh, you know, sort of brought Metro's brand to a different level just because of that drop in the beginning. Yeah, like Metro, don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot. Beautiful morning. I saw so many memes on the internet with the beginning of that, and I saw how that transformed. I was looking at the stats, you know what I mean. So that stuff is important. So I, I think it does make sense that labels are starting to get involved in that. I'm just wondering now. I'm wondering like, yo, once the labels are doing it and they're co-opting the kind of the, the whole movement of like memes, like what's gonna be the next thing? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I just think that like people see through. I already, I think people see through when, when then it's not connecting. I mean, uh, some, some, fa- some artists have such crazy fan bases. It doesn't matter. Right. But, um, 
I think people see through, see through it. So uh, I think that's going to be the next thing. I, it's just, you got to be aware of it. Like we were talking about, like we just have to see that the landscape is going to change. It's moving. It's going to change. And you got to be aware that if it's going to change, you have to be ready for that change and see things before other people do. Like I think about Twitch, right? Like I don't, I don't ever go on Twitch, but <laughs> no offense to Twitch. I just don't yeah, care. Same, yeah. But on the same, on the same angles, like that's what gets, if you're big on Twitch, that's almost better than being big on YouTube, right? right? It's almost better than being big on Instagram, sure, you know? Like, sure. Because it helps all those other things, yeah. you know? And then it's, I mean, trying to find those things before they pop too. It's like, if you get in early, then you grow with the platform, right? Like, Well, that's what academics did. Yeah. Like, that's what Ninja did. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I didn't know those guys, but they had millions of hits on YouTube. I was like, who are these For dudes? Sure. <laughs> Twitch, I mean, Twitch is like a very interesting one in the sense that like Twitch is, legit trying to get into these other content verticals beyond just gaming so they were acquired by amazon they got amazon like behind them supporting them so that's a good sign and then beyond that too it's like if definitely as content creators in this industry i mean it's not something to overlook the the getting creative around building community on twitch because if they continue to invest and they kind of deliver upon that ambition of theirs to to have a thriving set of other verticals then like damn get it right now. And then two years from now, it will just be huge. Right. You know, going back to what you just said, like, what is the next thing? That's why I love, like, this is going to sound weird, but I love having like 18 year olds around me. Like, I love having high schoolers around me. I always mm-hmm. have like a group of high school interns. Mm-hmm. And it's only because they are really the kid. They're the ones who like, yo, what are you using right now? And they obviously all love Snapchat, but <laughs> they just know so much more about technology because it, you know, we don't have, we're, as you get older, you're just going to be focused on on your verticals that you like, that you're mm-hmm. accustomed to. And you don't want to change and do different things unless everyone does it. And that's rarer and rarer nowadays. Right. That your group of friends is going to be on some new shit that you're not on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a similar thing with music, though. Like, I think a bunch of labels, they're hiring like 20, 21-year-olds to be like A&Rs and stuff at this point. Yeah, but I like, think that's always been the case, right? Like A and R's, like some level on some level, right? Like just always trying to find new talent. Like, I guess, but the bigger ones that I know of currently aren't twenty one, you know, twenty years old. Most of the A and R's that I know that have made something of themselves at this point are, you know, twenty six, twenty seven years old. So I'm saying, like in college, they're like, you know, bringing people to to be A and R consultants and really work for these labels in a way that I think is different than what I'm used to seeing. Yeah, that's dope. So, Salute to them. Yeah. And hopefully they can just, because like, here's the thing. If I was 21 year old, a 21, successful 21 year old, I would have been fucked. <laughs> oh man, it would have been horrible for me. Because I, I struggle, like it's the struggle that makes, defines you as a person. Yeah, right. Defines your work ethic and defines how you act. Right. It's not really like the success, I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Because you, you know, you, you're just going to be caught sleeping if you just feel like you're always successful. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think what I've been blessed with was seeing it from the ground up and doing a million jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If I didn't do all those horrible jobs like that I didn't like, I wouldn't know what it feels like to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't like appreciate to, it as much. And it would, what it feels like to work underneath people. Right. Right. It's so hard to to really swallow your pride. Sorry. Swallow your pride sometimes. It's so hard to like just accept that other people know what they're doing and and just trusting the fact that like there's a vision here, trusting in a vision, you know? And once you find those people that you really rock with as mentors, like I'm so blessed I had great mentors who believed in me 
and kept gave, gave me a lot of chances, you know? And, yeah, um, man. That's a big thing. You know, I don't think everyone gets that. I know yeah. that not everyone gets that, but not everyone also is seeking them out. That's the other thing. It's like, I feel like not everyone is looking to, to get people, I don't want to hear it from people who are older because on some level, and this is true, is like, like we just talked about, it's like the game is changing so quickly. Like you might know more than you're, you might actually know more about what's going on in hip hop right now as an 18 year old than you would as a 28 year old or 30 year old mm-hmm. who's been working in the industry for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But there is more to that, more to being a successful person than, than knowing what is going on in hip hop right. or knowing what's going on in, in music. There's a way to carry yourself that'll, or in a way to like navigate that like you can only really know what to do by asking other people and yeah, humbling right. yourself. Right. So like, that's where I'm just, I'm just blessed that I have people I can always bounce off ideas and be like, and I can tell them like, yo, I was tripping. I'm sorry. Like I was tripping. Like, or when I, when I mess up or I get too emotional, like I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> right, right, I was right. tripping. Like I was being a grouch or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. So yeah, I don't know. Cool, man. Well, I think uh, just one, I guess, last question to, to close it out. I think as you continue to grow, what's the advice you would have given yourself knowing what you know now five years ago? Control your emotions. Mm. Like it was really hard for me because I'm such an emotional person. And uh, just be confident. I didn't have any confidence coming in because I was, I really didn't know anyone. So mm-hmm. I just felt like I didn't have what other people had. Right. And I didn't realize that that all just comes into sh- I had, I had patience. Right. But I didn't have confidence in my patience. So yeah. it's like, I just didn't believe that this would all work out. I always knew it would work out, but I just didn't. I, w- I wanted it to happen quicker. Mm-hmm. And if I had just been confident in the fact that I would, I don't know everything and I'll learn everything. Right. And I'll meet more people and I'll get to this point if you just keep your nose down and grind. You know, I think right now there's so much more that I could learn. I, I'll always tell everybody like, just, yo, you can learn so much. And yeah. I want to learn so much. There's so much more I want to do in life mm-hmm. than just work in the music industry. But I see it as such an amazing stepping stone you know what i mean and um i'm directing films now i'm directing documentaries i'm directing digital content and like i love doing that i'm and that's like that's just one thing i want to do i have like a list i look at every morning uh on my fridge of like goals and some of them are like just read every day and some of them are like write a novel and yeah direct mm-hmm. a film for sure um and then there's it's crazy because I wrote that list like four years ago and I just can knock things off that I've done. Yeah, that's tight. And I'm like, damn, I did that in four years. I got like 50 years in this game. I guess not. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have 50 years in life. Like I don't have, like I've, right. you know, I have more than 50. I'm hoping to live to 70, but, or 70 or 80 or 90. But I'm saying you have like 50 years of working and it's like, I knocked out like something I wanted to do that I had on my goals list for, in like four. Like what else can I do? Like what else with what else can I do? And right. I think like being less emotional sometimes, like because you really want to be something that you're you're not. Sometimes you really want to be. You always want to strive. And I was so emotional about like I was like, damn, I just wish I could do this. Like, and I would show my emotion everywhere. Like I felt bad about myself. And if I just hadn't done that, I would have. I wouldn't even say I would have been better, but I just, it would have made my life a little easier. Right, the process sure. would have been easier. Yeah, but it, yeah. I, I can't be mad at it because it got me to my point now. And I, I have, it's something I had to learn, 
You know what I mean? Like I had to learn it. If I hadn't learned it, I would just be yelling at people all the time and feeling bad about myself. On the other <laughs> end. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally, so totally. I think, I think, yeah, just being confident in who you are and just knowing that like this shit all works out. Like it's just the law of averages. Like it will work out if you just keep going. Mm-hmm. You will, you know, you, you even if you, if you're the worst batter in, in the MLB, you still get one hit. You might hit a home run. It might be, you know what I mean? Sure. You never know. You just got to keep going and going up to bat. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how many times you strike out. And um, that's just some shit that I always keep in the back of my mind. So I don't know. I don't know if that, that that's powerful. It, no, super. Just keep it in the back of my Definitely, mind. Definitely, man. Well, Harrison, thank you very much for coming on, sharing some insight and wisdom, man. Grateful. Uh, oh, thank you guys for having me. This of course, fun. man. I, you know, I talk about music all day. So, yeah, right, right. You know, and, you know hopefully I, don't, I didn't insult anyone. No. <laughs> super helpful. Man. Not on our end. Yeah. All, right. all right, man. Thank, thank you, bro. Well, that was pretty cool, man, having Harrison on the podcast. Um, it's super interesting, especially for me, to see how much he's grown over the past four years, um, to see him go from, well, I think he was a producer when I was there, to, to head a digital and video strategy. Um, I think we shed light on a lot of cool a lot of cool things about, about video. It's, you know, some stuff that I knew, some stuff that I didn't know. Obviously, things that are all applicable to the music industry. Um, I think Harrison has a good eye, not only for where the industry is now, but where it's also going. For sure. I think... Digital video is something that you guys cannot overlook. I think if you are trying to develop a, any sort of digital strategy to help grow your business, help your artists thrive, then uh, video should definitely be almost at the forefront of that strategy. With that said, I, I also found it really interesting when we were talking about what is the modern label looking like and the relationship with different influencers, right? I think having those relationships with influential channels, media companies, or even just building a media company, look at like Adam 22, like we were saying how Adam 22 and no jumper podcast. I mean, that dude can now literally break artists is at the point where he's releasing singles, right? Has deals with different labels and is releasing singles. So I think maybe if you're not even working directly with the artist, if if you just want to build up some sort of media property, right? Just create cool videos, build a community, that just gives you so much leverage, right? Uh, you can start putting on artists. You can start building relationships with people that you might not have been able to build them with otherwise. So with that said, start shooting some video. Uh, definitely check out the content that Mass Appeal has on their YouTube channel. Um, and as always, if you guys want to see any other upcoming episodes or check out some of the older episodes, just go to musicbusinesspodcast.com and don't hesitate to leave a review of the actual podcast. Uh, helps make sure that we're talking about what you guys want to hear about. And then it also helps get the podcast in front of other people as well. So your support there is greatly appreciated. And on that note, we out. See you guys.